Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Amen. I know we have some deer hunter widows here, or maybe some men whose wives go deer hunting. I don't get it. I, I never have been a Bambi chaser, so I just, it's just it. But it's, it is joy to see already what God is doing. And as uh, Pastor Ryan mentioned, I think the big thing that this church is going to have to face uh, in the near future is adding services. As uh, Ryan mentioned, I was uh, dedicating uh, my new grandson, uh, Landon Joshua Pierce, a couple, three weeks ago when you had your first service here. And it was just a great time. And, and really, that, the start of that service, I sort of had a, uh, oh, I don't know what to say, sort of an epiphany of, of seeing something that really caused me to develop the message for today, which is entitled, Finishing Well. You know, there's a lot of good starting, but sad to say, sometimes there's not a lot of good finishing. People check out before the end, and life can be full of difficulties and things. And uh, we're just excited of all the things that God has done and, and done in the building. Uh, one of the, there's been so many people that have helped us, even people who don't attend here. Actually, uh, I don't think I've met this lady, Sharon Bernacchia. Where are you at, Sharon? Right over here. Uh, she owns a medical transcribing firm, and it, it sort of outgrew their first offices. And uh, as a friend of Mary Rue's, and uh, she basically donated our three office cubicles, our phone system, saved us thousands and thousands of dollars. And uh, I know God's going to bless you for that. Thank you very much. And doesn't Julie work with you too, our worship leader here? And then there was a guitar player that works for you too? Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you, you, you just ought to come here. I mean, you got half to pick up. But anyhow, it's great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So anyhow, back to the service in Salt Lake. Here I am. For those of you that uh, don't know me, I pastored here for many years and uh, uh, built Bayside Church, which is now called Celebration, and uh, uh, raised our kids. Uh, when we moved here, my son was uh, probably 10 or 11. Brooke was in second grade. And uh, ever since we uh, started in the family adventure and our Christian adventure, we have just stuck to what God's Word says. And so here I was Sunday in Salt Lake City. For those, my son is now a pastor there. He started the church there four years ago. Uh, my son-in-law is the worship leader, and my daughter coordinates children. And, and, and the church is really doing well. Uh, the Sunday I preached, I think they had 550 in attendance, three services. Not a very large building, uh, but they're just having services. And so here I was. Uh, they dedicated babies in all three of their service. First service had four. Second service, 13 babies. Uh, they have a lots and lots of young families. And, in fact, I, I, I met this one guy, and he, they just moved to Salt Lake. How many of you have seen that Levi commercial where uh, uh, Favre throws the touchdown pass to the young guy in the end zone? It's sort of like a, well, that kid, uh, that young guy, goes to Chad's church. And, actually, he's going to be on my football team on Thanksgiving Day in Salt Lake when we, we have this Thanksgiving football game. And, and I'm going to be throwing passes to a guy that Favre threw passes to in a commercial. But anyhow, just to see all these young families see this happening. So here, I, I want to set this up because the message title today is Finishing Well. So I look at uh, my son-in-law, who uh, his father worked for me for years, and uh, I dedicated Josh Pierce. I looked at my son. Now, this is when they were babies. I dedicated uh, uh, my son. I dedicated my daughter. This is a, it's, if for those of you that aren't familiar, instead of baptizing babies, we dedicate them. And then when people make a decision for Christ, we baptize them by full immersion. 
And basically, infant dedication is to dedicate parents to train up their children in the way they should go so when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And uh, so now I look at my son who's pastoring, my daughter who's in the ministry, my son-in-law, and then actually uh, Josh uh, Lefebvre, who is interning with Chad, is from this church, and I dedicated him when he was a baby. Now what I, what I saw there was this. My kids are serving God. The older they get, the more they sound like me. Are you there? But I also saw that the, in, in the full scope of things, what we teach and what we preach works. These kids have hung in there. They're doing it God's way. That's why in the lower part of this building, we have great children's ministries. I mean, there are stairs going down, but there is a slide. The kids get a kick out of that. I mean, we just want them to have fun, but we want to train them in biblical principles. And here's the thing that happens to too many people, not only in the church environment, but in the work environment, in so many other environments. They start out with a bang, and then somewhere along the line, they quit. They stop. They give up. And uh, so I want to talk to you today about something you don't hear a whole lot about, and that's finishing well. One thing good about getting old, if there is anything good about it, it's not bad. I mean, I'm 65, and I'm, you know, I'm still excited, still enthusiastic, you know what I mean? But is the fact that you can see what's happening. You can see when people uh, apply the principles and don't give up and, and, and get through the tough side of things, how it works. I want to direct your attention to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4. Uh, it's important, and I, and I know maybe a lot of you don't bring your Bibles, but you really should. Uh, in fact, uh, we'll probably, I think we'll, 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 we should buy a bunch of those American Bible, you know, from the American Bible Society and just be able to hand them out. Because I think it's important to look it up rather than project it. Now, I know Ryan projects it, and, you know, he's, he's right some of the time, but, and that's cool too, but uh, it's hard to underline on, on screens, and, you know, I mean, so, are, are you okay? I go back to Utah tomorrow, so if you're mad at me, I'll get over it, you'll get over it. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says this, and this is the Apostle Paul. You know anything about the Apostle Paul? He was a persecutor of Christians. He was a, a Pharisee. He was a, 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 a teacher, well-schooled in the top Jewish schools, and, and had, had been persecuting Christians, actually was piling up the coats of those who were stoning the first deacon, Stephen. And then he has a, an experience on the road to Damascus, and he gives his life to Christ. goes to the backside of the desert for seven years, studies and prepares, comes back out as this dynamic Christian, and under the inspiration of God, wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. The portion of Scripture I'm going to read you today now is literally his final thoughts. And he's he's about to have his life ended. Listen to this. He says this to the church, and he says it to us, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Now he's writing, he's teaching this to everybody. And now he's, Timothy was his young son in the ministry, but the scripture goes to all of us, and we're all ministers. says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. That's in, se- in dear season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned to fables. There's a book, and I'll name his name. His name's Rob Bell. He pastors a large church in Michigan. He's now written a new book that says you can work out your salvation after you die. 
In other words, and he, and the bottom line is eventually Satan's going to get saved. And, you know, God loves everybody and he does, but you can go to hell and, and then, or whatever happens after you die in his mind and work out your salvation. You know what I'm telling you? That's heresy. That's a fable. That's terrible stuff. And people buy the book. People, oh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. If it disagrees with this book, it's heresy. Very simple. And then it says, now, but you. Turn to someone and say, you. 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 We're, we're youing it here. <laughs> but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. If you want to finish well, let me just tell you something. There are going to be some bumps along the road. In every area of life, there's bumps in marriages. I have been married, it'll be close to 44 years. And those of you been around here while I tell this story all the time, and it's true, and it was sort of funny at the time, when we first moved to Green Bay back in the early 90s, we had our 25th wedding anniversary. I sent my wife 17 roses for the 17 good years that we'd had together. <laughs> and I have a lot of fun with that, but the point is this. Any relationship's got some bumps. You know, it wasn't always, whoa, it wasn't a honeymoon. You know, you get up and you look across the table and they don't look quite as good as they did before, and I'm sure the same way. No makeup, and personally, I'm for makeup. Anyhow, I, I, come on now. And you have difficulties. You have things that happen. You, you, you start things. You, you, you get your kids. And, you know, uh, you have tough times happening. Uh, and, and you have to go through tough things. And sometimes they don't do what you ask them to do. And I look for our kids, man, the things I went through and with uh, Chad and Brooke. And there were times when they really didn't like mom and dad. Because we had certain biblical mandates that we felt that we had to, to share with them and while they were learning and growing, rather than letting them hit the ditch or hit a, hit a tree, we determined to make things very clear to them. You can't quit when, it, when the going gets tough. It says, endure afflictions. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. The Bible calls us all ministers. And then he says this, For I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but all those who love his appearing. So we're talking today about finishing well. In other words, what I had in this epiphany in Salt Lake, as I zeroed in on little Landon, my son was standing there, Jan was on the platform. We prayed for the kids and we anointed them and, and we, we were dedicating them to raise up these children. And now I was like, I saw this just quick flash of 30-some years of doing it the Bible way. And now I can sit on the front row at, at City Church in Salt Lake and hear my son preach and my son-in-law lead worship and remember when all they cared about was a bottle and to be burped and have their, life, their diapers changed. Are you there? And you see the growth and you see the maturity. So all of these things together. So I want to encourage you today to think through this with me. It won't take real long. So we look at the opposite end for a change. Uh, Friday in Salt Lake, we were in a 14-hour meeting. Actually, uh, the church there was. I took off the afternoon because they were just doing some stuff that didn't necessarily apply to me. I don't like long meetings, let alone 14 hours. Man. My brain, you know. And they're talking, they have all these plans. Man, they've got this plan and that plan and ooh, and, and goals and strategies and how to finish. And man, I mean, right out of, I mean, every motivational 
planning, meeting person. Oh, man, that church has got it, man. They got sharp leadership. They're doing all this great stuff. Good. But it was about 8 o'clock when they were about to finish, and I had to get home and get packed and get to the airport the next morning really early. I said to them this. I said, this is all great. But I've seen so many things projected, so many things in churches and in families and life that are all exciting. And then at some point it diminishes to hard work, and a lot of people don't finish. So I want to talk to you today about finishing well. And yeah, I'm older now, and I remember when the old guys used to say, I can remember when I was your age, you know. And now I'm one of them. But I will tell you, it moves rapidly. So we hear all of this stuff today about uh, of getting going. So we look at, you know, let's, let's extol the virtue of sticking with it until it's done. You know, I, 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 and I, and I, as I preached that day, and I was preaching on the fathering spirit, and, and actually the little conclusion of my message was on finishing well, which really propelled me to develop this message. But let's, let's stick with it until we're done. And I said to myself that day, you know what? If I'd have a heart attack right now, or some wacko would walk in and shoot me to death, and I'd drop to the floor, before I hit the floor, I'd be in heaven, I could say, I've finished the course. I'm a rich man. Not that I have a lot of money. In fact, I don't have much at all left. But I have this. I've got kids that are serving God, preaching the same solid message, teaching those little kids the same thing. And there's nothing that beats that. Now, I'm not against doing all of the planning that you were talking about, that I was talking about, and that you've talked about. We need a long obedience in the same direction. See, we have a microwave mentality. I mean, I find it myself. I'll be standing in front of the microwave. I've got a baked potato in there to baking. And I'm like, when's this thing going to get done? I'm really old enough to remember when it took an hour, hour and 15 minutes in the oven. And you just put them in. And now we're, we're, we're programmed by 15-second sound bites, 30-second sound bites, commercials, all of these things, right? And so we just, everything has to be like this. Well, let me just tell you, life isn't like that. Life is not like that. It's hard work. It's doing things right and sticking with it. And when, when things get tough, you don't bail. You keep on keeping on. You don't give up because there is a finishing point. The Apostle Paul said, I have finished the course. I have, I have this dream or nightmare, and, I, and I'm not making this up. It, it hits me about once a year, and, and it was much more fresh years ago. Uh, after I finished college, I, uh, I would have this dream. It was in my last semester at school, and there was a course that I had to finish to get my degree. And for some reason, I mean, I'm in this dream, and I just don't go to the class. And I know I should go to the class. And I know all along, if I don't finish the class, I'm not going to graduate. And that'll go on, I don't know how long in the dream. I don't know what your brain is, an unbelievable thing going on up there. And then I'll wake up, and I'm just, oh, you know, I, I want to go and see, do I, do I have the BA? Or look at my ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. You know, are you there? I, you know. And so it's just like not finishing. And I want to tell you what, I think that every Christian, every mom, every dad, every worker, every person ought to realize that I've got a long road of obedience to get the job done. And I can tell you from experience today that that's what God wants. See, people start out with Christ with a flash. 
and marriages with a flash, and their careers with a flash, and raising their children with a flash. Wow! You know, wow. Diets. Oh, yes. And you eat bird seed and you drink stuff. And it, 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 it's just, I mean, some of that stuff, man, oh, man, you just, you know, hello. But you lose interest because it takes work and discipline. The novelty wears off. It goes in the garbage heap. And you don't lose the weight. And you don't really zero in like you should. See, I, I'm sensing something in the body of Christ. Not only the body of Christ, and it's, it's a petri dish, literally, of what's happening in society. The people are tired. People are weary. People are, are giving up. People are checking out. I mean, you see what's going on in society today. People who should be working are living in parks, screaming at people who are working. I don't get it. I, I, you know, I, I think they're sincere. You know what I mean? Hello? And then people who do make money, they want them, those people to pay them some of their money. And maybe somewhere along the line, they've just gotten weary and feel like, I can't make it, so I, someone owes me something. Tired. Weary. Stuff that doesn't make sense. Parenting is work. Man, it's work. It's hard work. Building a church and staying on course and not taking the easy way out and not avoiding biblical issues because it, it irritates people. You know what? In everything that you do, if you're going to be successful, within the framework of the plan, there are things that are that will hit you right where you live, that will irritate you, that, that cause you to either deal with something and move on. And so building a great church is hard work. It's hard for a pastor many times to, to say, this is, this is what God's Word said. And like Pastor Ryan says, I didn't write it. But you know what? I am here to tell you, friends that I have, to the best of my ability, done it the Bible way the last 42 years. And you know what? It's worked. Were there tough times? Yeah. Were there times when I wanted to check out? Yes. But the reality is, long road to obedience. And I saw at the end of the road, the prize. And I looked back to that event a couple weeks ago in Salt Lake, and I said, man, I said, my kid's sounding more like me when he preaches. They're, they're taking stands with their kids. You know, I see my son, and he does something I never did when he disciplines his little boy, Ethan or Colin. He gets down on his knees, and rather than looking down at him, and he looks him in the eye, and he's starting to tell him the same thing I told him. Hallelujah. And it's biblically based. You cannot give up. You can't get tired. There's an interesting story. And I, Dave, could you come and help me wherever you are? Dave, are you there? Oh, there he is. And, uh, man, we're moving right along. i got about 11 or 12 minutes left. You're probably going to make the kickoff unless you've driven a long ways. And, and uh, this is the true story. There's a great pianist. I think you say his name, Paderewski or Paderowski. Paderewski, I think. And he was doing a large concert at Carnegie Hall. And, of course, if you know anything about Carnegie Hall, it's got perfect acoustics. It's, it's the apex for 
performers. If you can, if, if you can put on your resume as a performer, you've done Carnegie Hall. I mean, you just, they'll, they'll have you at the smallest tavern here in Door County to play the piano. Anyhow, uh, so this lady brings her seven-year-old son who has just started taking piano lessons. And uh, he's all excited because he's going to hear this great uh, piano player and his mother has built it up. And she said, you know, there's someone that's really made it. So he's thinking maybe this will spur something in the little boy. And if you've ever been to a concert hall before the start, they don't usually have pre-stuff going on and people are talking and you hear all this stuff. So the uh, lady who brought the little boy was talking to the lady next to her and didn't watch her little boy. And somehow he slipped up, got up on the stage, and sat behind the concert grand Steinway piano. And there he was in this concert hall. This is a true story. And he starts playing chopsticks. And right away the crowd stopped. And right, you know, right away they were thinking, just go ahead, Dave. And, 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 Stop it! Someone stop that kid! It's sort of like me. If you've been around me a long time, some of you have known me for a while, you get a crying baby in a service, I say, get that kid out of here. That's what we have nurseries for. They want to be burped, they want their pants changed, they don't want to listen to me preach. You remember Elaine a few of those times. Anyhow, so this is going on, and, and, and of course the mother, she wants to crawl under her chair, she doesn't know if she should go up and grab him. Just when that's going on, out comes the master. And he wraps his arm. This is the great piece. He wraps his arms around the little boy. Now you play the chop. Uh, you, let me put, how do I play those? I don't know how to play chopsticks. All right. Now fill in, would you? Would you? All right. Good job. Hang with me because we're about done here in a few minutes. Now. Here's the deal. I pastored for years. I don't want to pastor again. And it's not that I didn't like it. In fact, I was fairly good at it. But what I want to do now at this stage of the game is I want to wrap my arms around Ryan Kibbe. And I want to help him to, to fill in all the notes. And then at some point I pull my arms back like I have. Even when we move back to you, oh, Pastor, I don't go back. No, I want, I want to pull back because you can play this thing now. You can do it. And, and I want to, at this stage of my, of my life, I, I'm doing it. I was, uh, some of you might remember, my, one of my long-term assistants, his name is Dale Oquist. It's a great story. Dale was, keep playing, play, but, but play something nice and soft. I mean, the black preachers have an organ going. I mean, so, uh, anyhow. So I, I see my son, who I helped develop. I, I, I travel around, and back last February, I went to Fresno, California. And Dale was a little guy in my youth group when I was a youth pastor back in Milwaukee in the early 70s. His dad shaved his head right to the bone. And his ears stuck out funny, and he's got sort of a big nose. You don't do that to a kid with big ears and a big nose because he looked a little funny. And I liked Dale, and, and then Dale grew and went to Bible college, and became my assistant and uh, he, he moved to Fresno and, and he said he introduced me to his congregation and he said this is my mentor 7,000 people this kid with big funny ears and a funny nose now he's got a little more hair though he looks better and, 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 and I'm thinking praise God man there was a time when I wrapped my arms around 
Dale and I encouraged him. It was a time when we were in Salt Lake and he did something really stupid as a young minister. I mean, it was, it was worse than stupid. And a couple of guys in the church were rearing up, saying, oh, you know, we got to, hey, ministers don't do stuff like that. And I just kept my arms around him. I could have thrown him in the ditch. But I wanted to see him finish well. And now God's just given me opportunities. I'm writing books and I'm writing a new one called Aware. And, and, and the little book in Spanish is going nuts down in, in Latin America. And I'm thinking, you know, I just, I wish my English teacher was still alive. She wouldn't believe it. I had a hard time diagramming sentences. Are you with me? So the, here's, what, here's what he said, though, as he wrapped his arms around the little kid playing chopstick. Keep on going, son. Don't quit. Keep on going, boy. Don't quit. And the audience wasn't hollering anymore because the master was filling in around him. And, and not only myself, but Jesus wants to wrap his arms around and say, you can make it through. You're a weary pilgrim. You know, and, and I, I sense that weariness in you today. I want to pray for you guys right now. This little girl is battling leukemia, right? Right? Ups and downs. The high points, the low points. And, and I just want to wrap my arms around them right now and pray with them. Father, they're weary. Some days seem so long and reports are good, then they're bad. But God, you're a great God and you love them so. And Lord, as I lay my hand on this little girl's head, Lord, you just, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, give them victory. Never give up. Just like the, the great penis said, Jesus says to you today, and I said, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. You never know who you can influence. And see, this is what happens. So many people chuck it just before the finish line. And so it is with all of us. Keep going. Keep on. Keep on. Four and a half years ago, I was in the pits, man. I had made some stupid decisions. I have to own them. How could you do it? How could you be so foolish? But yet God brought me out of that, and I owned it. And I saw how God used that difficult situation to position me in a place I never thought I'd be positioned before. And I am speaking to some people today that are tired. The long road of hope is wearing thin. As a parent, you're wondering, is it worth it? The exacting business of raising children, which includes cleaning up messes and living with the responsibility of wacky teenagers. Or do you have a dream that seems to be crushed? Keep pushing on through. You'll get there. I walked into the office at City Church in Salt Lake a couple weeks ago and they have a tremendous volunteer program there. Chad and Josh are the only really two paid employees. Everything's so expensive out there. It's unbelievable. They, they lease a place that about the same size as this. It, uh, it's like 15,000 bucks a month just for the lease. So they, they built a volunteer team. They've had to do what they had to do. So they got a new, one of their new volunteer receptionists. Her name's Amanda. Now I've preached at Salt Lake occasionally when I've been here. I've gone back and preached. She's new in the church and she heard me about six months ago, and I said, hi, I don't know if I know you. She says, I'm Amanda. She said, I've come, come here about a year. I've heard you preach. And she says, you're pretty enthusiastic for an old guy. 
I wanted, first I wanted to slap her, then I wanted to hug her. I've got a book. I, I, I just put my library back together. I have an office in our home out there. And I pulled out Chuck Swindoll's book called The Seasons of Life. It talks about, you know, spring, you know, the young little ones, summer, fall, and winter. I'm somewhere between fall and winter in the seasons of life. And what spurred me to think, he said in this book some 25 years ago, how many people do you know in their 60s and 70s and 80s that aren't bitter, aren't discouraged, aren't mad at the world? And I had to say, you know what? Sad to say I meet a lot of Christian people. They're bitter. Oh, and they don't like the new church deal. They don't like the music. It's too loud. They don't like, man, you know, Jesus must have wore a suit. I know he wore a suit. He never wore jeans to church. And oh, I wish we could go back to the good old days. I tell people I've been to the good old days and they weren't that great. I passed through some of them. Are you there? You see, I want to be cheering on these young people. Yeah, I might like a, one of my favorite hymns once in a while. I might even like a good old Bill Gaither chorus. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? Come on now. But I look at what God's doing. And I want to be like the master and wrap my arms around him. Say, that's all right. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get there. You're going to get to the finish line. I don't want to be one of those bitter old people that are always second-guessing everything that's going on, griping and complaining. Are you with me? I want to finish well. It's a new day. Let me read as I close a couple of encouraging verses to you. Galatians 6, 9 said, Let us not lose heart in doing good, but in due time we shall reap if we don't go weary. And there are a lot of weary, weary people today. John Way would say weary pilgrims. A lot of weary people. A lot of weary Christians because they haven't been in the Word. They haven't toughened their spiritual muscles. So when it gets a little tough, they start to break down. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Let me, let me just read another one to you here. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore be steadfast, immovable. Your toil is not in vain for the Lord. I love that. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be of a sober spirit. Be on the alert. I was meditating this verse this week as I've been including it in part of my new book, Being Aware, Alert. Know what's going on around you. Zero in on it. And after you have suffered a little while, this, this couple has suffered through a couple of, three or four tough years here. But hold on, my child. Joy. And so 
I want to tell you, it's great to have all the plans. There'll be a Packer game starting in a few moments. But I'll tell you this. Sports, when you study it, many games are won and lost in the fourth quarter. If you quit in the fourth quarter, if you become disenchanted in the fourth quarter, the chances of you not winning on the scoreboard are pretty real. E.S. Jowett said this about preachers. He said, the road to hell is scattered with the bones of errant preachers. Some of the greatest preachers and teachers of, of the kingdom have gotten bitter and messed up in the fourth quarter. It's not just you guys. And it is my desire, no matter, and I still believe my best days are ahead of me. I'm still enthusiastic for an old guy. So you start the Christian marriage, your Christian marriage, your Christian life, your careers, your hobbies, like a flash. But I'm telling you, finish well. And I want to conclude the message today by giving you an opportunity to reinvest, to lift up and see the finish line. Dale Oquist, I was talking about earlier, years ago, just when we came here to Green Bay, went to work in a large church in Phoenix, Arizona, and he took us to the Rick Bondurant Driving School. And it was an interesting thing. He said, why a lot of people get in accidents is because they don't look far enough down the road. Why a lot of Christians check out. I don't, I think you got to lift up and look. There is, there is. And you know, one day, friends, I'm going to heaven. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to screw up just before I get there. Stand up with me. There's two things I want to do as we close. And I don't know if they quite understood me in the first service. It's hard for me to understand how anybody wouldn't understand someone quite as simple as me. But the first thing is, if you're here today and what I've talked about, finishing well, you can be successful in your career. You can be successful in a lot of areas, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, you've got nothing. And how do you get him? It's not through a bunch of long classes. It's right now you can say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. I did that January 3rd, 1967. It changed my life. Took a wild, misguided 20-year-old, did a radical 180, and from that day forward, my mantra in life is to know God and make God known. And I've raised kids. I've built churches. seen thousands of people come to Christ. It's because I've stayed the course. I saw the finish line. It's getting closer now. But if you're here and you don't have Christ in your heart, bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, you won't be able to finish a race until you enlist in the race by giving your life to Christ. So his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're not asking you to join the church. If you're, you don't have to come back, even though we want you to. If you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor Arnie, would you remember me in prayer? I'd like to give my life to Jesus today, right where you are. Lift your hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Is there anybody else? 
God bless you back there. Is anybody else? Please, heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you. God bless you. I'm glad I just waited another moment. Is there somebody else? Let's just pray this prayer together. You can look up. I happen to pray this prayer in a restaurant in Chicago, but wherever you are, when you bring this up, it makes it a church. This is just this is another building until you come. That's what makes it a church. Here's a prayer I prayed. And pray it with me. Dear Jesus, everybody. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord, today, I ask you into my heart. Forgive my sins. And Lord, I'm going to serve you from today on. And I'm going to add today, finish well. Make that commitment. God bless you. And after the service, hey, Pastor Mary, some of the past, if you, if you raise your hand, uh, there's some things I'd like to give you and help you on your walk. Here's, here's, here's the last thing. And I don't know if they fully got this in the first service. Um, if I were sitting where you're sitting today, hearing this message, you see, I was a very successful pastor. In, in, in the sense of what they judge success by. But four and a half years ago, I was really in the ditch. Now, I wasn't away from God, but I had lost that enthusiasm. I was beating myself up for stupid decisions I had made rashly and in a hurry. And if I would have stayed in that mode, you never know where I could have gone. And when my wife, sitting in our home in Utah, we were living in Utah then, it was like I got slapped. She said, I want the old Arnie back. And it was like, you know what? can do this. I can resurrect. See, but I'm telling you, if it happened to me, and I'm, it can happen to anybody, in your marriage, and whatever you're facing as a young person, and I think that I've never preached a message on finishing well ever in my life. I mean, in funerals, I've used that text, well, Bill finished well, finished the course, but never to a group of people that are breathing. I think most of you are alive. I hope you are. Otherwise, we'll call the undertaker. But here's what I want you to do. If you want to finish well, you might be, things might be going great now. And, but you know what? The enemy's out there to try to trip you up. I'd like to close the service with as many as you would say to me, Pastor Arnie, I want to finish well. And I'm going to come and just stand here in the front. And I'm going to pray a prayer over you that when those tough times come, if you're not in them now, they will come. But God will get you through so that you keep on keeping on. Who would like to come and be included in that prayer? Step out right now. About half the folks came in the first service. I thought everybody would come. Because who wouldn't want to finish well? Who wouldn't want to finish your, 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 your marriage well, your child-rearing well, your whatever? Who wouldn't want to? Man! I can even still jump. We got I, I, I think I told you it was the first. I'm, I'm going to be playing quarterback in, a, in, in a, uh, a football game in a park in Salt Lake City on, on, on Sunday. And I've already picked that kid that caught Favre's touchdown pass on the commercial. And I said, man, you're on my team. You know what I mean? I might be sore. I might, I might have a little trouble lifting the fork with the turkey after the deal. But man, I'm, excuse me, I didn't mean to spit on you. I just, it happens. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of you today, man. That was great. So let's just, let's close. All right, are you okay? Come on, this is exciting. Father, I thank you today for...